0: Welcome to the Torah Sisters Podcast. I'm Amy K. Gunther and I love Yeshua and I keep the Torah. I created Torah Sisters to help other like-minded women have a place to connect, grow, and be encouraged. Go to TorahSisters.com and sign up to get my free emails. And while you're there, also visit the store to subscribe to Torah Sisters Magazine. You can also get free stuff and lots more. I hope that you feel at home here. Hey Taurus sisters, it's Amy. Welcome back to the podcast. In this episode, let's have a chat and talk about the Feast of Unleavened Bread and counting the Omer. And ladies, again, I'm not here to teach you. You have your Bible, you have the Holy Spirit. Hopefully they should be in alignment, but that's your go-to. But what I can tell you is how I interpret some of these Bible passages, how I do some of the stuff in my home, some traditions that uh, me and my kids have, or that I know that other people have, and just kind of explain how this goes for a lot of us. And so this. Podcast again is for a lot of you who are new to doing this Torah stuff. You're new to Passover. Uh, if you've been doing these things for a long time, you might not get a lot out of this podcast, except for fun reminders and encouragement, and being excited that I think there are so many more people doing Passover and the feast this year than in many many years. <laughs> I I really think there's more than last year. So just to remember to remind you on my website, TaurusSisters.com, go to the store. And if you look for the spring feast collection, I have a Passover kit in there. It's a free download. It has a lot of information about how to do the Passover meal. Um, There's also a lot of other free stuff on that part of my store. There's also some stuff for sale. Uh, don't buy stuff on Shabbat. Whenever it is Shabbat, wherever you live, just put a reminder on your phone to go back to Amy's store later for the things that cost money. Um, so we talked about Passover in the last podcast and Passover is a meal. It's not a whole feast. It's just one meal. And for more information about this, by the way, on my YouTube channel, you know, this podcast goes on the podcast platforms. It's also, I put these on YouTube and on YouTube, I have some videos about the feast. Look for a playlist. I love to keep things organized in playlists. So look for the playlist about the feast and you'll hear more from like last year when I talked, because I talk about this stuff every single year. (laughs) So the Feast of Unleavened Bread is a seven day feast and the Passover meal kicks it off. It's like the, the, the party that starts the bigger party. So it's a meal and then Unleavened Bread starts and for the first day of Unleavened Bread, that is what I call like a high holy day. It's, it's a, we treat it well It's to be a Sabbath, no work, um, no exchanging money, you no know, making people work. And then there's, I guess, five days in between. And then the seventh day is another high day. So the first day and the last day of a week long feast. And then in the middle, but the whole week is a feast, but just that first and seventh day, are um, like high holy days, and I'm not going to put all the scriptures here. Uh, go look those up. Go to, I don't know, go to my website. Look at the New to Torah links on my website, and I have links to places where you can go and learn all these things. Because uh, people have done countless teachings on these, <laughs> so I'm just this is just a quick overview. The my friend Ann has on that page. I link to her feast study guide workbook. And it's, if you want to download it, it's free to download. And it takes you through the scriptures asking, like it's a workbook. So it'll say, uh, it starts with the Sabbath. And then I think the next one is Passover unleavened bread. And it like, it tells you the scripture to look up. And then it says, on what day do we do this? And you write down what the scripture says, and so on and so forth. And by the end of the study, you have written down all the answers. When do we do this? How do we do it? What are we permitted to do? What are we commanded to do? And then you know. So I think that is a really fantastic study. And again, go to TorahSisters.com and look for where I have like new to Torah. And you'll see links for those of you who are new to doing Torah stuff. So the whole feast, the whole week is a feast. Uh, We don't all celebrate it identical. We do. Most of us, we're supposed to have a holy convocation on the first and the last day. That means you have a service, a worship service. Hopefully you can gather with other people. Now, my family, my, my children and I, we go away for this feast. And it's a lot like Sukkot in that regard. Our friends uh, from the place where we fellowship, not all of us go away, but a lot of us do. We rent uh, for this feast. We're renting a Salvation Army camp about an hour and a half away. And, you know, they have some rooms there and some lodge rooms and you know, it's, it's a children's camp. It's not like fancy. It's bunk beds, <laughs> you know, and we all share like the, there's a girl's bathroom and there's a boy's bathroom. So it's not a hotel, but that's okay too if you do that. And we just like to be together for the whole week because um, like uh, most of us take the whole week off work. I don't think you have to. You can work on those high days that are not high days, but for a lot of us, we, we just take the whole week off. And so we like to go away and and worship together. So we'll have special services and maybe a fancier potluck on those high days, and we sleep in a little extra long on those high days. But on the other days, we still have a Bible study, a worship service, and then we do a lot of fun stuff. And so on all those in-between days, make it fun. You know, I'm going to be doing games for the teenagers. We have a, a special time for the teens where we can do some kind of fun games. So I do that with them. We, um, I don't know, you can do all kinds of stuff. Think of it, and most of you will stay home. Think of it as a staycation. Make the time special. If you can let your kids have the time off school, do that. And do some special things. Even, you know, you, you go bowling or you take a, a little trip or something. You go to a, an indoor water park you because know, we're here in the States and it's freezing cold still. Um, indoors. <laughs> but you can just be creative. And then spend some time, though, also each day focusing on the reason for the feast. Um, that. You know the gospel. The gospel is the reason for the feast. So, and this is a big, like, high level overview. I'm not. This is not a whole thing. Again, go get that ebook from Anne. Look at the videos I did last year. I also think it's good to build anticipation for the feast. So, this, as I'm recording this, we're still a few days from Passover. Now is the time to start building anticipation. You can start decorating your home. Now. Now you don't have to. You don't have to decorate your home at all. But it's not wrong to start decorating your home now. I used to have some, y'all are used to me now. But in the past, I like to build anticipation even on Facebook. You know, I make these memes that are like happy Passover, do the feast, stuff like this. And I start posting them two or even four weeks before the feast. And sometimes there would always be a lady who would say, it's not the feast yet. I'm like, I know, we're we're just building anticipation. We're getting excited. We're looking forward to it. Uh, and now nobody says that to me anymore because everybody knows that's what Amy does. <laughs> Amy's going to start talking about the feast on Facebook really early because I'm excited about them. And I want you to be excited about them. And I know that just having it in front of you also reminds you, oh yeah, I have some planning to do. So start thinking part of your planning should be, how can I build anticipation in my home? You can decorate, you can start doing your shopping, you can start. certainly start, a lot of us do spring cleaning while we get out the leaven because we're commanded to get the leaven out of our homes. Uh, so some of us will then use that time to spring clean our homes. Um, there's a lot of things you can do. Sit down with your your family and make a list of those staycation things you want to do, or what are you going to do for worship, or what special foods are you going to eat that are unleavened (laughs) during the feast. There's a lot of things that you should and can do now to get ready for the feast and to build anticipation and to get your family excited. One thing that we forget, that I forget, and I'm still really out of touch with, is that the feasts are harvest celebrations they are agriculturally oriented um feast days and they each celebrate a harvest that has come in and i i don't know what it's like but i would i kind of wish i could <laughs> to be there in ancient israel and to you know there there's probably always a little bit of nervousness like how is the harvest going to do is it going to get enough sun not enough sun is it going to get enough rain, or not enough rain, or too much rain. Uh, So how is the harvest going to be? Is it going to be a bountiful harvest, or are we going to be in hurt? (laughs) So when the harvest comes in, and it is indeed bountiful because the people have been walking in obedience, and the Father is a good, good Father, and He blessed them with the rain and the sun and the wind at the right times, and the harvest is bountiful, that's a reason to party. And we forget that these these feasts for seven days, they were celebrating the harvest and they brought the first fruits to the temple first before they ate the rest of it. They gave back the best of what they had. And that's an important part of this feast. This is a time to be generous. Um, all right, I'll go here. I work at a food bank here in my little town. I'm the secretary of the food bank. And it's not uncommon and every, a lot of groups do this. Now it's okay to share expired food. The USDA has come to our food bank and they have told us you have to give away expired food, um, because it's not really expired. That's a wrong word. It's like, you know, past its best, best use or whatever, or sell by date, but as you know, certain kinds of foods you can still and should give out. And so we happily, happily accept, um, foods that are past the date. But it's not uncommon also, and I've done it too, where you go, you know, you want to donate to a food bank and everything you give is past the date. And the staff do have to sort of keep track. And we do try to give away that stuff first. Maybe for these feasts, we give our best, not our cast offs, not our only expired foods, but we give our best. We give our first fruits and not our last fruits. Last fruits is not a word, but you know what I mean. So when we give, we give generously to the King of Kings because he took care of us, because he brought the harvest. And maybe you're not a farmer. I am not a farmer, but he's provided for our needs. And it's a miracle and we don't deserve it. So we give back the first fruits. So however you're going to do generosity, let's do it like big generosity, uh, and that looks different for all of us. Your big generosity is not the same as my big generosity. That's not what I'm saying. But from a place of love and not holding back and whatever it is that he- you purpose in your heart to give, give it generously. All right, enough of that. You know what I mean. Um, so the harvest comes in, the people were overjoyed, and they cannot wait to party. I just think that if, and maybe someday we will more, <laughs> be doing more agriculture, it kind of would probably change the feel of the party a little bit, knowing that what relief that the father did indeed keep his promise. Again, he came through and the harvest was bountiful. Now let's talk about the day of first fruits. There's a little bit of confusion sometimes. the The day of first fruits is... And again, it depends on which schedule or which calendar you keep. I think it's the Sunday that comes after the weekly Sabbath. So with a week-long feast, whether your feast starts on Tuesday and ends on Tuesday, or if it starts on Sunday and ends on Sunday, there's going to be a Sabbath because it's a week-long feast. There's going to be a regular Sabbath. So according to the, the schedule I keep, we celebrate first fruits the day after that weekly Sabbath. So it's always, always on a Sunday. And um that's called the day of first fruits. You can go look this up in Leviticus 23, look it up in your Bible and study it and learn what it is. And again, that's a day to bring an offering and a wave sheaf. And um it's a day that I believe represents when Yeshua rose from the grave because Paul tells us he's the first fruits of the resurrection. And and there's other clues too that Clue us in that this is a special day. And so I think that on that first, not the first, I'm sorry, the year that Yeshua was crucified, uh, I think the grave, they found the grave empty on Sunday morning. When they went there, the day of first fruits, it was their day of first fruits for the disciples and Mary, and they went to the tomb and it was empty. On Sunday morning, he had already risen. And so that's the day of first fruits. He's the first, he had already resurrected. He is the first fruits. So that's a day. So sometimes the Christians accuse us of not celebrating the resurrection. <laughs> They're like, you don't do Easter? <gasps> because I don't. I don't do Easter. I don't observe Easter. It has very ugly pagan origins. I don't want anything to do with Easter. I do, however, celebrate the resurrection and I worship the Father on that day and that is the day of first fruits, which for me is always the Sunday after the weekly Sabbath. Now so every year it's not three days in between every year. Because so like I said, sometimes it's Tuesday to Tuesday, Monday to Monday. But on that on that Passover, on that unleavened bread when Yeshua was crucified, it had to be three full days because he said it would be. He said so, therefore it was. Um, And there's clues. You can look at clues, and there's videos out there on that. Very interesting stuff. But that's the Day of First Fruits. And so, again, the people I'm with, we have a special convocation. We have a special service on that day, and it's very focused on the resurrection, which, of course, I think is probably the pivotal piece of the gospel story. Because without the resurrection, we have no hope of resurrection. So it all goes together, of course. But Um, Just to be clear, though, and you could, I guess you could argue semantics on this, and it's not a big deal, so don't leave me comments and argue with me. But um, the feast, the, the day of first fruits is not technically a feast day. Now, sometimes I make memes outlining how the feast days correlate with the gospel to show Christians that these are good things to do, that these are all about Yeshua. And sometimes I'll list first fruits as a feast day, and people correct me, and they are correct. It's not technically a feast day, but it is certainly a a special, important day mentioned right along the feast days, and it is something that has a special offering and I think a holy convocation on that day. So there you go. <laughs> Do with it what you want. You, I think it should be marked. It should be observed. Um, and the resurrection is certainly something to celebrate. The last thing I want to tell you about, I'll package this all up into one podcast, is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Or I'm sorry, the the Counting the Omer. So I have on my website, and again, don't buy things if it's Shabbat where you are, but I have tools, fun sticker charts and stuff for counting the Omer. And, and so the ladies who are, and a lot of you are new to this, it's a very good question. What on earth does that mean? Um, Short story is that after the Feast of Unleavened Bread is done, the next feast later on in the summer is called Shavuot, or you could call it Pentecost. And to figure out when that day is, the scriptures tell us to count seven Sabbaths. And then the next day, the 50th day, is Shavuot. And if you're seeing a correlation there to the Jubilee year, good job. (laughs) I think there's a lot of correlation there. So the scriptures tell us to count seven Sabbaths. And then the 50th day is Shavuot. So Shavuot is also always on a Sunday. And again, that's a big feast day, big party. So that's what is counting the Omer. And you can look at the scriptures about why we call it counting the Omer. And Omer is like a, I think, a bundle of wheat, right? Do I have that right, ladies? And so um, to count seven Sabbaths or to count 50 days, we do these cute little counting the Omer things that count 50 days just to make it fun. It's just a tradition. It's just um, a way of, again, building anticipation, getting excited and so we have these little sticker charts or little things that you can cross off with a marker each day of 50. And again, different schedules, like I think the Jewish people count a little bit differently than the way the sighted moon people count. That's okay. Whatever way you count, whenever you start, whenever you end. If you want to make it fun, you can do something like count to 50 in a creative fun way. So on so that's what is on my website. I have some are free to download like little um pictures that you could cut out and they have like numbers one through 50. I have some sticker charts and some plain stickers that you could put on stuff. Some people will each day of that 50 count, maybe give their children a little candy or a little toy or a a, a small gift of some sort. So they'll have 50 bags and, and then each bag has a sticker on it or just write with a marker, the number of day one, day two, day three. So you have 50 bags. And each day, the children go and get a bag um, or they take turns. I mean, you probably wouldn't want a whole set of 50 for each kid. And then maybe day 50 when it's Shavuot, that's a big, that's the biggest prize, you know, or something like that. So none of this is required other than to count, to count those seven Sabbaths so that we know when Shavuot is. And we just like to make things fun (laughs) around here. So that's what counting the Omer is. So sisters, uh, also you can go and download, let's see, just ways to get more ideas of fun things on, again, in that Spring Feast collection, I'll link to that collection. There is a magazine from a little ways back for the Spring Feast. And the current issue of the Spring Feast is for sure available until April 5th. And then probably after that, until I sell out. So you can look for that on the website, um, and just surf around. There's lots of fun stuff on Pinterest. There's Get on my email list for sure because I often email out fun ideas and traditions and things like that. You can look through my Facebook from last year and see pictures of stuff. And again, those pic- a lot of the pictures are in the magazine. Land of Honey. Dot blogspot.com. She has a lot of wonderful stuff for the feast. Homeschooling Torah has some stuff. And Elliot.com has some stuff. Living.com is Heidi Cooper. She has a lot of great stuff. Uh, Seekingscripture.com has some wonderful stuff. There's a lot of materials out there. And it can be overwhelming, and you only have a few days. <laughs> so pick something and plan it and then just start having fun. Decorate your home, have some fun, plan some staycation activities, plan some special food. Uh, The scriptures do command us to set aside money all year long. Now, if you're just jumping in, I understand. But now is the time then to make a plan to set aside some money to celebrate the next big feast, which is well Shavuot and then Sukkot in the fall. So there should always be money set aside for these feasts so that you have a little bit extra. If you want to If you want, you don't have to give gifts, but if you want to give something special to your spouse or to your children, or if you want to have fancy food or, you know, better than usual wine, I I kind of think that's how we're supposed to celebrate these feasts. In fact, I think, oh, I'll go here too, Colossians 2, you know, he's like, don't let anyone judge you for having a good time. (laughs) This is what he's talking about. We're to supposed to. We're going to celebrate. Yom Kippur. We don't celebrate, but the rest of these, we party. We have fun. We enjoy ourselves and we enjoy one another while we worship. So that's it, sisters. Happy feast. If you wonder sometimes, you know, when the feast comes, I get really quiet on all of my platforms because I'm celebrating. So now you know, I go away with my friends. I'm with my children. And, you know, and I, and I love how we do it. and I wouldn't change a thing, but it gets busy. Like I love the feast and it's super fun, but it's busy. I'm a single mom. And, you know, when you're away for eight days, at some point, like I have to run to a laundromat and, and do things. And so I stay busy with my kids and those duties and with my local body. And so I wanted to record this now because you're not going to hear from me a lot during the feast. <laughs> I will be either doing chores, worshiping, or partying with my friends, or just being mom. And so, but I will see you all on the flip side after the feast. You'll probably hear from me a little bit more in the next three or four days, but we're leaving on Wednesday. We're doing Passover the evening of April 6th, and uh, I can't wait. These are the things we look forward to all year long. We're always looking forward to the next feast. So this one is Unleavened Bread. And then after that, my kids are like, oh, when is Shavuot? Because a lot of us go away for a camping trip for Shavuot. And they're like, "Ooh, can't wait until Sukkot. We always go away for Sukkot. So what a wonderful life this is, isn't it? Like the father calls us to do this, this crazy stuff. That's the best stuff. I can't believe we get to do this. I'm so glad you're on this journey with me, sister, and be encouraged and do the best you can. If you mess it up, make notes and do it better next year and and be generous. And do do your generosity and anonymity whenever possible, and he will bless you some other way for it. So I'll talk to you later, sisters. Happy Feast!